0: This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Khan-Nam. And this is Jamal Dijani. Jamal, we have a really fantastic and big show today. We're going to be covering a lot of things from war crimes in Israel to singing birds to (laughs) to, uh, to a lot of things. But I think we ought to start the show. Uh, today because the United Nations issued a report basically accusing Israel of of committing war crimes and its assaults on Gaza by specifically targeting children and journalists. And this is a UN special report looking at the war crimes that the mm-hmm. Israelis have consistently engaged in. And we know, for example, that uh, every Friday, typically, Palestinians in Gaza in in a show of uh, resilience mm-hmm. and resistance to this brutal occupation and siege of Gaza, which has been going on past 10 years, mobilized themselves in such a way as to call attention to this illegal siege. What the Israelis have done consistently is fired uh, live ammunition, and you can call it live ammunition, you can call it at times, you know, the quote rubber-coated bullets, whatever you want to call it, live ammunition— targeting children and journalists and by and medics t- and medics and any definition of a war crime this seems to cover us
1: so so in general the investiga- uh, investigative commission of the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council yes that uh, that examined the most recent round of violence committed by Israel on the border with Gaza presented its findings today saying that it found reasonable grounds. I'm just using their words that Israeli security forces violated international law. The commission determined that the majority of Gaza protesters were killed by Israeli forces had been unarmed. More than 180 Palestinians were killed uh, just by live ammunition and by snipers uh, by Israel. More than uh, thirty children were killed under the age of seventeen, not even eighteen, were targeted and killed. And of course, two journalists have been killed, and three medics. Well, so so based based on this, basically, just I'm saying, based on this, and that's what the title of our show. So based on these facts, uh, Jess, the U.N. Uh, council determined that Israel has intentionally shot children and journalists in Gaza. And of course, now there's a big brouhaha and they're denying it. But these are facts. Well, Jamal,
0: this is not this is, you know, the United Nations, and it's important for us to know this, the United Nations, when they issue reports like this, issue the reports in terms of their narrative statement in very measured language. They're very careful not to not to sound inflammatory. They're very careful about the language they use. But what, what isn't changed, Jamal, are the facts. And the facts are children are murdered and shot, journalists are murdered and shot, and medics are targeted, murdered and shot. And the U.N. Putting this together, and when
1: you're talking about just, I just want to remind our listeners: when you're talking about facts, these are I the watched, facts. They provided videos. They provided videos of the Israeli snipers shooting unarmed Palestinians, unarmed children. Which, by the way, I made a mistake. The commission found that 35 children had been killed directly by by snipers for no reason except that they were demonstrating. Uh, of course, everyone remembers the commission also noted that the one case involving a disabled person in a wheelchair, again under direct fire, of course, were journalists uh, who were clearly just identified as press. Of course they were wearing you know vests and uh, written on it that they are um, press. and uh, there was no justification. For firing at children, or the disabled, or the journalists, and in, and of course, the medics who were clearly were visible as medics, as medics helping the injured. What? So, so this is basically. I mean, these facts lead to war crimes.
0: Well, it, as I said, the facts are indisputable. The facts are: children are murdered, journalists are murdered, medics are murdered. Children are easily identifiable by the Israeli military. What, what we have is an attempt yet again, Jamal, because we've, we've received these reports from the United Nations. We've received these reports from multiple NGOs over the years. And here we go again that the Israeli government and the Israeli military is literally getting away with murder. Now, we have to put it into a larger context the larger context is that the United States, under this current administration, continues to offer the Israelis and the Israeli government and military cover for these war crimes, for these brutal uh, use of state power against innocent civilians. And so... You know, it's not surprising, I guess, to you or me, to any of our listeners, that when Benjamin Netanyahu, and we'll get to him in a second, when Benjamin Netanyahu heard about this report, he completely dismissed it. And he called the United Nations hypocritical, of course. So here we go again, Jamal. We've been talking about the gross abuses and war crimes that the Israelis have been engaged with for many decades now. This is yet another U.N. report. My question that identifies, you know, attacks, murders against innocent civilians, against medics, against journalists, my question to you is, two questions actually, when will the world do something about it? And then number two, did we hear any of this on the mainstream media in the last 24
1: hours? Well, I'll start by the second question, of course, no. And then we have to define what's the definition of the word because you don't hear it here. It doesn't mean that you don't hear it all over the Middle East and in many European countries and any countries around. I mean, people are aware, especially countries that have journalists on the ground covering. they, They are eyewitnesses. And again, I repeat the facts, the facts that Israel has killed 183 civilians by live ammunition. The fact is 35 of them were children. The fact is three medics. The fact is two journalists. I mean, you cannot hide your head behind facts behind facts, or bury your head in the sand and pretend that this is not ongoing, except, of course, right here in the United States because of AIPAC and the surrogates of AIPAC and those who work in members of the media who just... Decide or who have decided that Palestinian lives don't matter,
0: but I guess that 's my point jamal it's part of this uh, part of this narrative that is being continues to be perpetrated that Palestinian children' lives or the medics in Palestine or the journalists who are covering the situation you know on the ground in Gaza their lives do not matter and the complicity involved with the united states and specifically the relationship between donald trump and benjamin netanyahu that and jared kushner that that kind and you know we'll we'll throw mbs in there at the same time allows for and perpetrates a a lawlessness that the israelis get a, get away with a lawlessness that the israelis are able to shoot and kill a, in this murderous way against civilians who have been suffering uh, under a siege for over 10 years now in Gaza and get away with it. This this kind of a lawless mentality where the Israelis and, I guess, Trump and, I guess, to throw in their MBS – believe that they are somehow above the law, that they can get away with these
1: murderous things. And they have been, sadly, they have been getting away. Well, they have, actually. They yeah. have been getting away with it. We know they've been getting and away with it. And it doesn't mean that we have to remain silent
0: No, we about we will these not be atrocities. Si- we, we will not be silent. And I think when we talk about the context of what's happening this week, Jamal, the fact that we started with the UN report you know, alleging these war crimes against the Israelis, where the facts clearly support it. It's occurring in a week where Benjamin Netanyahu, and, you know, I'm really happy to say that one of my 2019 predictions looks like it came true pretty early. I predicted in 2019 that Benjamin Netanyahu would get indicted, and today he was indicted That's right on, on bribery, on corruption, and I think one other charge. So... Um, Maybe, just maybe, there might be some accountability.
1: Well, uh, I really don't care whether (laughs) Benjamin Netanyahu gets indicted or not, because Uh, he's indicted locally for corruption. But uh, he'll go to jail. But to me, he should be indicted for war crimes. Yes. And this is the more serious thing for... His attack on the civilians in Gaza, for the war on Gaza, for you know uh, the settlers, the colonial settlers that he supports, for embracing racist Kahanists into his government, I mean, To me, bribery and stuff—this is a minor or minor misdemeanor compared to his war crimes that he has he has been committing against Palestinians. That's right. And this is—he should be indicted in the at the Hague in the international criminal court, not just you know locally, because we know many of the Israeli uh, officials end up in jail, whether like Katsav for. He was uh, imprisoned for well, sexual al- harassment also, and rape. But also Olmert went to jail. And Olmert for bribery. And so, but, but they get away with the real— well, They get away with murder. I would say bigger than murder. Yeah, war crimes. War crimes, yeah. you know, against an entire population. So that's the, that's the big thing. But I, I would—I mean, just I would like to see Netanyahu
0: spend jail time. He might get away. I mean, you don't let, know. Let, let's I mean, put it in the larger context. I mean, we've talked about, for example, how disturbing the unfolding political uh, dynamic has been in the Arab world since Donald Trump has been elected. And this unholy trinity, if you will, with MBS, Netanyahu, and Trump. I mean, truly, truly a disturbing—
1: Well, Trump said, you know— Netanyahu has been doing a great job. This is what Well, disaster. he says
0: Netanyahu is doing a great job. Jared Kushner's doing a great job. The wall, the Israeli apartheid wall is doing a great job. He models his idea of the wall on the border with Mexico with the Israeli apartheid wall. But I think this week we're seeing a little sea change, a little shift in the possibility of accountability to at least Netanyahu and and Trump because it it is coming to the possibility that accountability is looming over the horizon for both of these individuals both of these individuals whether it's Netanyahu being indicted on corruption and bribery and some other things or it's Donald Trump because a bird was singing very loudly in the congress yesterday and today singing very loudly about what Donald Trump is truly about, which may lead, Jamal, to some accountability at the level of.
1: And the bird's name is Michael Cohen for Michael, Michael Cohen. Those who are not familiar, Michael Cohen was singing like a bird like a yesterday bird. and today, by the way, behind closed doors. But yesterday publicly, what did he describe Trump? A con man a cheat and a liar or well those were the nice things that he said about trump he said
0: a uh, a cheat a con man and a
1: racist and racist.
0: yeah so he he actually broke it down in terms of three separate categories and um you know i i listened to quite a bit of it and i have to say that you know we should say at the outset that Michael Cohen is an admitted liar. Uh, he is going to jail for three years. Uh, he lied on his taxes. He lied on loan forms. He lied to Congress. He, he is... Did he sound credible to you? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. I, I didn't expect that Michael Cohen would sound credible in any way, stretch or imagination. But he actually sounded credible for the majority
1: of what he said. I was actually surprised about his level of credibility. Let me ask you about something which was the most revealing thing that he said. Which which is what? Well, I want to know if you know what, in your opinion, what, which, what was the most re- revealing statement that he said and outside all the corruption and whatever.
0: I think... There is quite a bit. I think that the thing that he said to me that I found really interesting is that he had information and knowledge that Trump committed other crimes that even the special uh, prosecutor didn't know about.
1: Yeah, maybe this is a trick question, but I think it's a trick it's question. It's a trick question, but no, actually what I found and uh, the the most revealing thing outside the, you know, the usual, we know that Trump has been lying. The Washington Post, I think put 8,100 8, something lies since he came into office. And we know about the corruption. We know about his moral character from taped interviews. We know about the hush money that he paid off, you know, uh, to silence uh, his encounters with women and prostitutes. All these things. I think There were no surprises there. There really weren't. No, but I think what was very interesting, because if you remember, Cohen said that he was there from day one. In fact, it was his idea that Donald Trump runs, and he said, and this is a quote from what he said during the hearing, he said, Donald Trump is a man who ran for office to make his brand great not to make our country great. He had no desire or intention to lead this nation, only to market himself and to build his wealth and power. And then he goes on basically that, which is that Trump n- never expected or even really wanted to win the 2016 exactly. election.
0: exactly election. He didn't expect to win the election and that explains in part why he was still negotiating with Trump tower in moscow
1: that explains all of the other things why that, he wasn't prepared why he team. wasn't
0: prepared he had and all he, of he that. said
1: he was going to bring the the best team right right he had no
0: expectation whatsoever that he was going to win and that's why and you know if you think about it he has said on a couple of occasions Jamal You know, I didn't know if I was going to win. That's why I continued to do deals because, you know, business goes on. But what he didn't tell the American public about is that he was being active, he was actively negotiating with arguably the biggest international threat to US uh, interests in the world, which is Russia. And he was actively engaged with uh, not just negotiating the Trump deal. But Trump and people around Trump, including Roger Stone, including Michael Cohen, including Jared Kushner, were meeting with Russians, and not just any Russians, but Russians associating with the Russian mafia and associated with Vladimir Putin.
1: Things that he denied. Meeting. They had one of the. Uh, 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 I don't know if he's, he, he was a former Russian mafia or was still a Russian mar- mafia. He had his office on the 26th floor of same the same floor with Trump, Trump Tower,
0: same two floor. doors down from Trump, two doors down on the 26th floor. Yeah, so he was actually. That's, um, was that, I think that was Felix Sater, right? Was that Felix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felix Sater,
1: and he, this is where, this is what Michael Cohen, I mean, he revealed so much, but there is still a lot. To learn, really. That's why he was saying things are still under investigation. Yeah,
0: the Southern District of New York still... And and so I
1: think we're going to find out even more and more things that it's going to make your hair stand.
0: Yeah. So let me just bring it back. We'll spend a little more time on that in a minute, Jamal. But we want our listeners and people who have any doubt whatsoever about this connection between Donald Trump... And U.S. foreign policy, and Benjamin Netanyahu, and and uh, Israeli policy, and we have to understand in this very critical way. And this is why Rashida Taleb, this is why Ilhan Omar, this is why the real progressive arm of the Democrats are getting hammered because they're going to the heart of the issue, of the profoundly immoral, unethical, illegal antithetical to U.S. interests, U.S. relationship with the state of Israel. That this has to be challenged, this has to be looked at, the relationship with AIPAC to our electoral system, our foreign policy, where we're giving Israelis and the Israeli government over three and a half billion dollars a year. How, as we've talked about on this show, Jamal, how people can get can donate and get tax deductions, can donate to, uh, you know, charitable organizations that are giving money to illegal settlers that are using that money to live on stolen land and to basically kill Palestinians. So the interconnection between Trump world and Israel and Trump world and Netanyahu world, the interconnectedness has to be exposed. And I think we saw little bits and pieces of it this week, Jamal.
1: Well, while, I mean, we've been talking about this topic. We've been uh, talking about it uh, with Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi, We've been talking about it, you know, exposing, for example, the the, uh, Jewish Community Federation of San Francisco.
0: Which is outrageous.
1: Which is outrageous. And the budget of $300 million that they've spent to basically buttress racist organizations Islamophobic organizations targeting uh, people who criticize Israel, targeting uh, pro-Palestinian professors, academics, students uh, right here in the United States. Imagine $300 million they've spent. But since we are on this topic and uh, we're going to dedicate an entire hour to it next next week, week with Dr. Hatem Bazian from UC Berkeley. I'm just going to give you, you know, give our listeners yeah, that's a, big, a taster a, of what's going on. That, that's a big, that's a big And story I think Jamal. this is a big thing because for the very first time now, Jess, we've been exposing these things on this show for the past couple of years. And other publications and other media outlets like the J Forward, the. Uh, J-4 were, uh, the um, Uh, Electronic Intifada and others, they've discussed this topic. But this is the first time today, and I urge our listeners to check it out. It's in the New Yorker. So, Wait a minute, wait a minute. The New Yorker? In the New Yorker, it's going mainstream. There's an article called, you know, How a Private Israeli Intelligence Firm Spied on Pro-Palestinian Activists in the U.S., Who's the, uh, who's the author? The author is Adam Entus. Wow. And this is in today's New Yorker or maybe yesterday's. But anyway, it's hot off the press. And they discuss. Can you give and, us some highlights? An example, yeah, give us some highlights. That's why we're going to be having Dr. Hatem Bazian right here in the studio, because he was one of the main characters who have been targeted. You know, and we actually we talked to him on this show about what happened. But now, since it has come out to be a mainstream event, right, Jess, he's going to come and talk about it more. But imagine early. And this is from the article. And I'm reading some excerpts from the article. And then early on the morning of May 10, 2017, as Dr. Bazian was about to drive his teenage daughter to school. He noticed flyers on the windshields of cars parked on his block. At first, Bazian assumed that they were advertisements for a new movie or restaurant. When he looked more closely at the flyer that had been left on his uh, car, basically, he realized that it featured a photograph of his face <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> below a tagline that read, he supports terror. Bazian quickly folded up the flyer so his daughter wouldn't see it.
0: It's terrible, man.
1: So, so of course, I mean this is and he's been targeted on campus. This is they went all the way to his home, to his neighborhood because he is an outspoken critic of Israel and Israeli occupation and atrocities and he's also Uh, you know, supports the BDS movement, the Boycott Divestment Sanctions movement, otherwise known as BDS. And so, uh, you know, aside from all these different, you know, like we know Campus Watch and we know Canary Mission, whatever, this was different. Why? Because they went, meaning they, now we know, that they have private Mossad. This is what, I, what we call them. Right. The private Mossad right. agents. Right. Psy, uh, Psy- Psyops.
0: Psyop group. Which is which is short for psychological operations. Yes. Which means that they hire former Mossad agents S- to psychologically manipulate people, communities,
1: and w- stories in the media. And we know more. We do. Because in 2016, the psyop group held discussions with the Trump campaign and others about conducting covert influence operations to benefit the candidate than Donald Trump. Surprise, it's, the same, surprise. It's, it's the same group and the Sykes group founder, so we now we have more information. And CEO, CEO Roy uh, Burstian, a veteran Israeli intelligence officer who established the firm in 2014, now, what a surprise, you know, he's been behind all of this, Sa- right? same same psychological manipulation. And he has attracted, by the way, the attention of Robert Mueller. So this is going to come in the investigation. But anyway, bringing it here, the cyber group operation against BDS activists on U.S. college campuses began in February 2016, according to interna- internal documents describing the campaign. the the, his company raised money, guess from where in New York from Jewish American donors and pro Israel groups and assured them that their identities would be kept secret (laughs) while issuing them tax deduction forms. Sounds familiar. Right. Sounds familiar. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about this for the past two years.
0: And you know what's ironic about that, Jamal? Let and me just say what's ironic about that. When we've brought this up, people think we're conspiracy theorists. People think that we're making things out of thin air. Yet here is, you know, we like to re- you know, rely a lot of, on independent journalists. But, you know, The New Yorker is not an independent journalist operation. It's a mainstream, traditional journalist, journalistic, uh, you know, operation. And for them to come out and and really identify the same sources that we have. I mean, they did it two years late, but that's okay. Identifying the same things that we've been saying for years and years is rather remarkable.
1: So this campaign, it's now really remarkable. we know, codenamed Project Butterfly, Butterfly initially targeted BDS activists on college campuses, uh, you know, this is according to one of their former employees who told the writer at the New Yorker right so so this is not uh, you know hearsay this is from someone who on the inside who was on the inside and then of course, then they go on on other things, including some cases, this group conducted on the ground covered human intelligence and others or Humet. human human, yeah. In other words, following people. In other words, like if they want to find out this is how they found out where uh, Dr. Bazian lives, you know, they can follow him from campus, know where he lives, go into his neighborhood and so forth. So they were conducting. I mean, these are Israeli agents, Israeli citizens, Israeli Mossad agents, right. forward or not former? because I don't believe in this former. Once, you, no are former. In, once you are in exactly. the Mossad, you're always in the Mossad. Following these people, targeting, learning more about where they live, where they go, etc. And then, you know, they are coordinating with the Mossad and with Israeli intelligence and with the IDF, providing names so those Activists, when they wander, when they land at Ben Gurion Airport, and and they get arrested and they held in wonder, a room and, and, and why, they wonder where they are, why, why their names, including, by the way, members of Jewish Voice for Peace and and human rights organizations and uh, United Nations employees and so forth, they are gathering this information, feeding it to the Israeli, uh, you know. Uh, authorities and the Israeli intelligence and then working on to defame these people in their own neighborhood. You know, before it was on the net, but now they take it all the way to their homes to spread fear. You know, when you wake up in the morning with your young daughter and all and of a sudden, see that, yeah. you know, you're associated. So it's a bigger story than what we even started.
0: Yeah, with. you're right, Jamal. It's a bigger story. But I want to point to that human intelligence or human and the psyops or psychological operations that Mossad-driven Israeli uh, project is basically the same thing, and this is why Robert Mueller is involved, I believe. The same techniques used by the Russian, you know, hacker organizations to influence the 2016 election of Donald Trump to demonize Hillary Clinton, even though she had plenty to be critical of, but the ways in which they infiltrated the social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. These are the same techniques, Jamal. These are the same techniques to manipulate people's perceptions, to manipulate stories, to manipulate and create fear in anybody who speaks negatively or who speaks critically or who has their own mind about an analysis about what the Israeli uh, military or political system is doing in their occupation of Palestine. So this story by the New Yorker, Adam Entus, who's, you know, quite an excellent uh, reporter. So this is kind of a big deal. We want to we want to talk about this because we're going to have Professor Bezian with us next week to talk about it live. I mean, can you imagine going to your car in the morning and uh, taking your daughter to school and seeing a poster or a flyer with your face on it saying, this is a terrorist, he lives in your neighborhood? I
1: mean, it's beyond like just putting your, I mean, for many years, uh, academics and students and activists had their names on Canary Mission. So aside from someone Googling your name and then finding your name associated with terror, or or something like that. But now they're going to your neighborhood. Now they're trailing you. Now they're spying on you. Now they're feeding this information to Israeli intelligence and making up stories all over, trying to get you fired from work and which we know about these things. But also connecting the dots because this brings me back locally. It's kind of like yeah. all politics is local. Is local. Right? About one of the largest Jewish charities in the United States, right here in San Francisco. That's right. And we've invited them many times to come on this show, many times, and explain. Send their representative. I'm extending this invitation again, and tell us why. For the past ten years, they've spent three hundred million dollars funding Canary Mission, funding uh, David Horowitz, David Horowitz, funding Campus Watch, funding colonial settlers in Hebron an organization called Ir David right yeah and and now we have this issue here so now even though this is the tip of the iceberg why would i be surprised if they're not also funding this israeli spy agency because they are all they all have the same mission right to basically spread hate targeting Palestinians. No, Americans targeting pro-Palestinian activists, American citizens and professors at universities, especially in prominent universities like Dr. Hatem Bazian at UC Berkeley. They gave in 2016. We have it on paper. $100,000 for the Canary Mission, which is a shady website operating out of Israel, by the way. They got one of the most reputable, I was shocked, foundations, the Helen Diller Foundation, which has a plaque right around the corner from our studio studio right here on Divisdero at UCSF Mount Zion uh, Cancer Cancer Center because they donate millions of dollars. But then Helen Diller gives money to Canary Mission unbelievable. to defame young students right. at San Francisco State University, right. at UC Berkeley, and, all, and over all, the over, country. all over the country. And they've been quiet because we've been raising this issue for two years. And we say, if we're wrong, come tell us right here on this show but they haven't. that you haven't been funding hate groups, you haven't been funding terror groups, groups who are Kahanists, who live in Hebron, who admired Meir Kahana, who is considered a terrorist, even by the United States, who admire Baruch Goldstein, who slaughtered Palestinian worshippers in Hebron. And come and explain yourself. You have an open invitation. But last and not least, Jess, they have been cheating the U.S. taxpayers because they have been issuing tax deductions, and they should be investigated by the U.S. Treasury Department. That's, you know what, Jamal, I was, you
0: you took the words right out of my mouth. The immorality, the unbelievableness, the attacks on U.S. citizens, all terrible. But what I don't understand, how can the U.S. government give them cover from a tax collection standpoint, people are And I getting, tell you how I don't know how they're doing and it. I'm going to tell where, you how. where is the IRS
1: and I'm going to tell you how and this is the difference between the United States because we talked about this and Canada because Canada is investigating Canada is investigating, investigating a similar organization with the same mission statement with the same illegal activities because it was issuing tax deductions to canadian citizens for to fund basically terror groups and hate groups because right here the law it's not against the law to to donate to a foreign country to Israel or a foreign institution, whatever. But what's against the law if you donated to an organization which is on the State Department terror list? That's right. So until these groups are put, and they should be justifiably so, when you are funding Kahanists who have blood on their hands, then you should be liable for this. But aren't some on the terror list? and, And when... Actually, this is this is new. In fact, yes, the Meir Kahana group—they the changed Taylor. their name, by the way. They don't go by this name now. They kind of splintered in other organizations. They are on the terrorists. Kanara Mission is not on the on the terrorists. Uh, or David, which is basically all Kahane there, is not on the terrorists. So someone has to do their his or her homework and provide proof and evidence. So the US State Department, I mean, the US Treasury in this fact, first, the US State Department has to put them on the list and the Treasury, the Treasury has to question this. What is your mission statement? If your mission statement is promoting culture, education and health, and you're giving people, you know, exemptions because you are a 501 C is 501 C three organization and you're not adhering to your mission statement, but you're actually funding groups to spread Islamophobia and hate, and actually, in fact, you're funding groups who are murderers, right. then you should be investigated.
0: Well, Jamal, I have a theory about that. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a long time, and I have a theory. I actually believe that the Helen Diller Foundation and the JC, JCRC and these collectives that uh, promote and give money to like UCSF and other community organizations, I actually believe that's their front. That they've created a front, you know, like a money laundering front. And, the, fr- and, and the front is we're gonna do some of these good things to these organizations that are seen in the community as well deserving, and some, some are, but then behind the scenes, the, the, the real mandate here, the real driving force is to create these funding streams for these hateful, uh, uh, immoral, and in my humble opinion, illegal entities that are designed to attack people, to use former Israeli psyops, you know, uh, experts to instill fear. So I actually think that these are front groups, Jamal. It's a typical money laundering opportunity. They're getting taxed, tax exempt and status. Been, but
1: I mean, can you imagine? Just they've been getting away with this for ten uh, decades. For decades. Decades. Don't tell me that the U.S. government, uh, the FBI, other intelligence agencies—now they know about it. Didn't, don't know about it. But now, since it's making a connection, especially with this Israeli. Mossad spy agency, and it's connected to the Mueller investigation, Yeah, you know, with the elections yes. and Donald Trump. Yes. They can connect the two that this is larger. This is right. like an entity. It's actually should be registered in this as country foreign as, as foreign agents, and they're literally getting away with murder, ruining people's lives in this country. You know the other connection,
0: Jamal, uh, we spoke about it a number of uh, months ago. I don't know if it's the same firm. It may it may well be, but Harvey Weinstein hired a former
1: Israeli Mossad. It, did. it uh, actually it's also connected to it's this. It's
0: connected Harvey with Harvey Weinstein. They hired basically spies and thugs. Yeah, but listen what Harvey Weinstein did. Harvey Weinstein for decades was sexually assaulting uh, you know actors and actresses, you know. And, and, and basically raping women and getting away with it, finally called to account uh, under the you know, Me Too movement. So what did Harvey Weinstein do? He hires the same Israeli psyops firms to follow these actresses, to dig up dirt, to create fake news and fake stories about them, to make them so fearful that they either drop their case— or that their reputation is smeared. It's the same thing that, you know, they did with these pro-Palestinian activists, Jamal, with these students who
1: are fighting for justice in Palestine. It's the same M.O. You're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM FM. And also uh, you're seeing us, uh, we're streaming live on, on Facebook. Jamal Dejani, too. We Facebook, I want to welcome you all for uh, joining us, those who have joined us late, but also Jess, here's another thing, right? The spread goes beyond, and I'm talking about this, these organizations, these so-called nonprofit organizations defrauding the American taxpayer. It spreads beyond this country. Oh, absolutely. When I was looking at their 990 schedule, which I have a copy of it. Which
0: they have to submit to the IRS. they have to
1: submit to it. They have donated money. I was thinking, what do they have to do with Dutch Geert Wilders? Do you know who's Dutch? Well, that's that's the- Politician Geert Wilders? He's one of the most
0: racist- anti-immigrant Islamophobes. He's the leading
1: Islamophobe in in the EU right now. They gave him money in 2015. This For is what this is basically he campaigned against the Islamization of his country of and Holland, stopping yeah. all Muslim immigration, promoted legislation that would ban the Quran in the Netherlands <laughs> and being called an anti-Muslim bigot. By the ADL. Yeah, the ADL called him that. They called him this, and then they're funneling money to him. him at the same to him, time. Yeah. Money that is donated right here in this country. In San Francisco. In San Francisco to him. Then I looked again, and of course we mentioned Canary Mission. They tried to hide that under another organization called Megamot Shalom. So it sounds very benign. Shalom means peace. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and and basically, this organization gives its money to Canary Mission to defame people like uh, Hatem Bazia, Dr. Hatem Bazian, Dr. Rabab Abdul Hadi and others. Right. And then the Helen Diller with this reputation of supporting UCSF right here around the corner, they got, got, got them involved, basically taking money from through a grants from the Helen Diller Foundation which is a great foundation. I mean, it helps school, it's It a helps front. hospitals. It's a front. But then, at the same time, they're giving money to terror groups. Yeah, and, I think uh, and Jamal. Hate mongers. I'm sorry, Jamal. I just think it's a front. I they really gave hundred fifty thousand dollars in 2016 just <laughs> yes, to the Tea Party Patriots well that's
0: <laughs> yeah because they're, they're supporting the trump agenda and 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 just so that our listeners know the reason they can give they give money to the tea party patriots because the tea party patriots are the ones who have worked the hardest for the trump agenda so it's all part of the same kind of political agenda and psyops and human intelligence that they're going to fund anything that supports the maintenance of the Israeli apartheid system, the murderous Israeli apartheid system. Another, I mean, another think, group think, funded by fun. Diller,
1: another f- group funded by Diller, let's see if you're surprised, but I'm sure you won't, is the American Freedom Defense Initiative. Uh, I'm not surprised. Also known as Stop Islamization of America, which was Isn't created that, by Robert Spencer and Pamela, Pamela Geller. Geller. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, to to oppose the alleged spread of Islamic law across the United States, $150,000 in 2014. What? And remember, everyone in, in, in San Francisco, that's why I keep bringing it back locally to San Francisco, they were meeting with city officials and Muni to stop those hate ads that were that's appearing right. on Muni paid by Pamela Geller. And little did we know that they received their money right around the corner right here from Helen Diller, from Helen Diller right here in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. So we are
0: inviting anybody from the Helen Diller Foundation, anyone from the JCRC, anybody from the foundation, the Jewish Foundation group that is funding these hate groups and funding these, you know, literally hate crimes you know, in Palestine, we invite you in the spirit of telling us your mission, tell us your vision, and just tell us in what universe of the world are you thinking that you want to fund these hate groups. Help us understand. Are we missing something? We invite you to come on Arab Talk anytime. We'll give you an opportunity to speak. We'll engage with the dialogue with you. But this is truly a remarkable story. I want to remind you, Jamal, about the Holy Land Fund, uh, the Holy Land Eight. you know, uh, they were based in Texas, right? <laughs> they were based in Texas. This is uh, a Muslim organization that was raising money to basically, you know, feed orphans and feed poor Muslims all around the world, including those in Palestine. Long story short. That because of the Patriot Act, uh, they were shut down as a 501c3. And eight of these Holy Land uh, board members are rotting in jail right now without any opportunity of parole for sending money to organizations that are less hateful, less violent.
1: And organizations. So why this double standard? That's what I'm asking you, Jamal. You know, I mean, why do we have this? Well, we know why. Why? But Our listeners don't know why.
0: Well, our listeners who have been paying attention to us understand that the real PSYOPs here has been APAC and pro-Israeli forces who have gotten Americans to believe in these... Fictions in these irrealities, in these fantasies about Israel. And they've built this fantasy about Israel being a democracy, being the only democracy, being the country that uh, made the desert bloom, all these complete fabrications and lies, Jamal, that they have been creating for decades now. And they spend billions, hundreds
1: of millions of dollars,
0: billions of dollars to coerce people into this fantasy about Israel. And through organizations like APAC, let's just call it what it is, have made every single politician in the United States, except for Ilham Omar and Rashida Taleb and hopefully AOC, have made every other po- politician in the world afraid
1: to speak their mind. That's well. If the re- they were afraid to speak their mind, that's one thing. But they're actually their own surrogates. They're their own mouthpieces, basically. I mean, if they don't say anything and they're afraid, Fine. I'll give them. I'll give them a pass. <laughs> right. But they actually, like Marco Rubio, he might as well just work for APAC. He might as well, or work for the Knesset. You know. I mean, this is, this, is the, this is the scary thing. We have a few minutes left. Oh, we only have a few minutes left. so we have left. to make an announcement. But also, I want you to comment uh, a little bit about this great trip that Trump have, is having or just finishing in Vietnam, meeting with the North Korean uh, leader that was going to well, disarm North Korea. And so... In
0: case our listeners didn't know, Jamal... Donald Trump, one of his secret fantasies is to win the Nobel Prize for Peace, Nobel Peace Prize. He said that. He's been nominated by Prime Minister Abe, Prime Minister of Japan, who was told by Trump to do it, by the way. And the coup de grace, if you will, of this becoming the Nobel Peace Prize no. is, is to create a disarmament, nuclear disarmament peace plan between North Korea, the United States, and the rest of the world. Unfortunately uh, for Donald Trump, who is at best um, completely outplayed again by Kim Jong-un, cut the meeting short because they could not get an agreement from the North Koreans to disarm. So where do we go from there? Well, where we go is Kim Jong-un has scored yet another major Political victory. He's met with President Trump twice. The United States gets nothing in return. The sanctions continue. But Kim Jong un has two aces in his pocket. He has the relationship with China, which is very strong. He has a relationship to Russia, which is very strong.
1: And he's been praised by Donald Trump as a great person, a good man. He's been
0: praised. So it's a major coup for Kim Jong un, who comes out again as a winner. And unfortunately, makes the United States and Donald Trump look like a fool that he is when it comes to these foreign policy issues. It was really, I mean, the it was only, embarrassing. It really. was embarrassing. But the only good thing is he didn't sign a deal. I mean, that's that's the good news because he would have signed a deal on what? That's my point. He, they, were tr- they had a whole ceremony planned, Jamal. They
1: were like going to give financial aid to North Korea yes. and they're going to c- yes. make it into this great another high, Vietnam. high tech, you know, power in Asia and so forth. I, I
0: think this has been a bad week for Donald Trump and Jamal. I'm happy to say this gives me confidence that my other prediction that Jared Kushner
1: will be indicted. I feel I think I think supported by Donald Trump Jr. might get indicted. Yeah, before, because based on what according uh, to the Donald
0: Co- uh, Donald uh, Cohen, Michael Cohen, Cohen. said, um, I think the whole Trump family is in trouble. Hey, thanks for joining us today, everybody. We always appreciate our listeners. We want to thank you for joining us on Arab Talk. You can check us out on our
1: website, ArabTalkRadio.com. And you could check us on Facebook, uh, Jamal Dajani 2. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. Just go to our website. You can All find this information everything. is there. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.